All right. Hi, everyone. It's Obi Abuchi here with the Leading From Your Core podcast and vodcast. This show is dedicated to helping leaders all around the world discover leadership wisdom, stories, and insights that will enable you tap into the power of leading from the inside out. Our current season is focused on mental resilience among leaders, and I am delighted to welcome Dimi Cholokov on the show. Welcome, Dimi. Great to have you on the show. Thank you very much for inviting me, Obi. Thank you. Uh, so great. I know it's yeah. going to be an incredible conversation. Uh, for our, our listeners and viewers, Dimi and I are among 15 co-authors of the best-selling book, Visionary Mill Leaders. Dimi is an ICF certified coach. He is an Energy Leadership Index Master Practitioner, which is one of my favorite leadership assessments. And he's dedicated the last 12 years of his life to studying and contemplating and practicing and coaching in the area of leadership and performance. And his mission as a coach is one that is incredibly close to my heart because it's about helping leaders and entrepreneurs master themselves so that they inspire mastery all around them. Uh, that couldn't be closer to my heart. Uh, Dimi, once again, great to have you on the show. And I, I want to dive straight in just mm. to give people an opportunity to get to know you and, and you talk a little bit about yourself. But I want to start from your mission because I, mm. I find it inspiring. <laughs> and, and tell us about your journey to discovering that mission for yourself as a coach. How did, how did that come about? So tell us a bit about it. First of all, I would like again to say thank you for inviting me, Obi. It's really uh, a big uh, delight for me to be here with you, with all the listeners uh, of your podcast and podcast. Um, and yeah, uh, it was a very, very interesting journey to go to this mission. And uh, it was a very painful journey, but also it was a journey of a lot of uh, discoveries, a lot of learnings a lot of failures and a lot of victories. So it's, it, it was full, you know, full journey. So um, I would say that uh, if, if I can start from some beginning, that was the moment when I realized that my life was empty. I didn't have any goals and any vision what I want to do in my life. And I realized that if I continue in this way, that was like the beginning of my 20s. I, I can't... Uh, not only achieve something in life, but live. Mm. It was not life. It was like empty existence. And at that moment, when I realized that, that I can't keep going this way, I just decided that I need to start doing something about it. And a friend of mine handed me a book called, uh, it was the name of the, the book was of Robin Sharma. And it was about a guy who went to Himalayas because he was a very successful lawyer. Sure. Uh, uh, and then, but he had a big breakdown and then he, he, he didn't know what to do. He had money, he had everything, but he didn't have substance inside. He went to Himalayas mm -hmm. and did some retreats there, made some monks and everything. 
And shortly, the, the book was, I, I remember the name, it was The Monk Who Sold His Ferrari. And, uh, and then something really touched me in this book. What was that was that the, the man was talking that we need to find the meaning from the inside. I didn't know that. I, 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 I couldn't see it in this way before that. Oh. And I started getting really curious about it. I, re- I read the book for a week. And just to tell to the audience that before that, I didn't read books. Wow. And <laughs> I read this book for a week. And I said, this is something here. Sure. If I can stay with this book and read it. Mm. And uh, that was the beginning of the journey. Uh, I started with that. I, I got something really, I got, got connected with that. And that was the journey of personal development, which led me to uh, really create a lot of shifts in my life, learning the different principles there, learning to live from the inside out. And then came the moment when I realized that actually um, I can do that also for other people mm-hmm. because I saw so many results for me. And I was talking to people just like me and you right now. We just talked about stuff and they said, wow, but that's interesting. You changed my perspective. I need to do something about it. And people started doing stuff. People started changing their lives around me. Amazing. And then what I realized was, why am I not doing that for a living? I mean, I was working at that time. I had money and everything, but said, but that's not what I want. I want, this is my passion. And I realized that I can go there. I, I went, studied coaching, started coaching uh, people. And slowly, and I didn't know the mission there when I started oh. coaching, but slowly in the process, I realized that actually this is what I love doing. I help people create this mastery, their self-mastery, so that they can inspire this around them. And uh, working with leaders was a very gratifying experience for me because they could have even bigger influence on others. Because uh, leaders in different organizations, uh, and uh, just I want to make clear that I believe, totally believe that everyone is a leader. There is no one who is not a leader. Yeah. I'm not talking all leaders who have these 2,000 people organizations or 20,000 people organization. No, I'm talking about leaders because you are the most important leader you are is in your life. Mm. And if you don't know how to lead yourself there, how can you expect to lead other people? Mm. Mm-hmm. So that's why the mission is mainly connected with that, helping people to create this for themselves. And okay. after that is just translating that with others that's it sure yeah 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 (laughs) Demi wow that's so rich and I want to go back to something you said right at the beginning because I think this is so important for our viewers and listeners to understand you said it was a painful journey you said Mm -hmm. it was a difficult journey and that should give people hope right Mm. that no matter how difficult things are, no matter how challenging things are, we know that globally, this is, we're recording this January, 2022. And Mm. over the last 18 months, two years, we've had to deal with a lot of difficulty and challenge in our world with the global pandemic. And yet in difficult moments, when you're on the right journey, when you begin to look in the right direction, not necessarily outside, but inside, you start to find the opportunities to make uh, changes. So that is 
incredible. And I love the fact that you were seeing shifts for yourself, you're having conversations, and it's making a difference in the life of others. And therefore, you thought, hey, here's an incredible opportunity to help more and more people make this shift. And in a way, this brings us nicely to the theme for this season of the show, which is mental resilience. So we all get Mm. knocks in life. We all face difficulties and pressures and mental resilience has a lot to do with how we handle that. So I'd love to hear from you. What does mental resilience mean to you? And particularly in leadership, why do you think it's important in leadership and in life? So Mm. let's hear your thoughts on that. So very shortly, I would say that mental, mental resilience, when you ask the question, it just inspires me to say that mental resilience for me is our ability to use our thoughts and emotions as a catalyst for growth and development. That's for me is mental resilience. And yeah, this is because yeah, a lot of people, when they hear mental resilience, I think that was at least me and some people around me in the beginning, that is just to switch off emotions, just not, you know, just push them away or whatever, so that you are strong. And you go. That's exactly the opposite of what you have to do when you want to be mentally resilient. Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You want to use this gold you have. You have a gold when it comes to emotions and thoughts, but use them for growth. Hmm. And when you learn to do that, then you're mentally resilient. And why it's important is as a leader, first of all, as a human being, we know, and we, there are so many studies on that, that emotions are driving our behaviors. That's it. We have emotions. Even though people are rational beings, like we say, emotions are driving the behavior. Of course, the the order is you have thoughts and beliefs, you have emotions then, and you, these emotions create behavior and then results. So this is the, the way they are. But the, the thing which comes very often first is the emotion, which is coming from the men, what you think about. And if you learn how to be mindful on that and use this to create changes, to create you know beautiful things in the world, then you're great. You can, you, you, you are, you are, you're going to be the best leader in the world. I'm sure about this. I mean, no matter for it's for your life or for your organization, you if people see that in you, that you are resilient, that in that moment you know how to step back, you know how to respond versus reacting situations, mm. then you're gonna be first of all great in leading your life, but also people being inspired by you. They're gonna be inspired and gonna say and see that you actually can handle the situations. And they're going to start doing it for themselves because, because you are the, I always say in the organizations, you are the authority there when you are a leader, for example. In, and people look at you, look, look, look upon you for everything which is happening there, even though you don't see that. And if you know that, and you can create this in your life, this mental resilience in your work and in your life, and I'm not saying only in your work because your life will work there together. Sure. If you are if you are not in one area, you're not going to be in the other as well. Mm-hmm. So when you learn to do this mental resilience there, then you are going to be 
a great inspiration for other people yeah. around you. You're gonna make way better and more rational decisions. Mm. You're gonna have the ability to really stay in hard situations and take the maximum out of them. You're gonna be way more visionary. You're gonna create more compelling vision for other people because you're, you, you can have the ability to go below it. Mm. You're not gonna stay with that. You are gonna see below it and you can use that for, for the development of yourself or your, and your organization. So it's a, a, for me, mental resilience is really, um, and just the last thing which I'm gonna say is, you are gonna have the pillar. I say pillar, which will make sure that you're gonna know inside that no matter what happens, you can handle it. And this is priceless. Yeah, 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 yeah. I got a, I, I'm glad that was your last point because even if it wasn't, I was going to stop you there because that is gold dust. I, I, I felt shivered down my spine as you say that because no matter what you're going through, you can handle it. I mean, just to picture that as a leader that I'm, facing challenges in my business or home or it's a health challenge or we're dealing with a, a crisis in the marketplace we're dealing with a crisis in our business our employees are being furloughed um, the global pandemic has changed the way we need to operate as a business we're having to work more remotely just all of these different challenges that you face if as a leader, you have something in you that says, no matter what I'm doing, I can handle it. I mean, that is gold dust. I can't imagine any leader that wouldn't want that way of being and operating in, in the world and in their life. And, and you've said some incredible things that I hope our listeners and viewers will just rewind and and listen to it again and internalize it just that mental resilience is that ability to to channel and use your thoughts and emotions for growth and development and, and you've set out this really clear uh, concept that our thoughts and our emotions ultimately they drive our behavior you know, a lot of people think, yeah, I just go up, go out and I do what I need to do and I make a difference as a leader. Nah, uh, uh, uh. It's what's going on on the inside. It's our thoughts, it's our emotions that are driving that. And as a leader, you're having to interact with lots of people and deal with lots of emotions as well as your own. And yet, how do you make sure, as you say, that you are responding to situations rather than reacting? but you're responding in a way that's purposeful, responding in a way that's in line with the vision, in line with what you want to achieve. So some incredible things there for leaders to take on board. L let's see if we can go even deeper, Dimi, because some people might say, yeah, it's all well and good saying this and I'm having a great day and, and our business is blowing our results and, and I, I feel like I could be resilient then. But when things are challenging, when things are difficult, uh, 
what do I do practically speaking to become aware of those thoughts and emotions and use that for growth and development? So just for you personally, could you share one of perhaps a failure of yours okay. that, that taught you about your own mental game and resilience and how did you become aware of your thoughts and emotions and challenge channel them for growth and development? Uh, first of all, uh, I would say, Obi, that um, no matter, even if, uh, it doesn't matter if you're winning or losing, uh, very often we go to the high uh, of emotion. And even when you are very, very happy and this can be a very dangerous experience also. Because in these moments when we are in delirium, you could say, we very often make the not very constructive decisions. So what I mean by that is, no matter the experience, the best thing for me always is to learn how to be mindful and aware of what is happening with you. Mm. And if you ask me, some tool which I can uh, talk to people how I'm using this in my life, I definitely would say mindfulness. And what I mean by that is uh, when I say mindfulness, people, some more practical people would say, oh, well, this is meditation. You go there, this experience, I cannot do that. No, actually mindfulness is a pretty simple tool. It's just being with yourself at this very moment without judging and mm -hmm. without trying to to, to put something on yourself. What I mean by that is being with your emotions and your thoughts at this moment unapologetically without trying to do something with them. And uh, I think this is a great tool in, to use in daily life, not only when you have highs of emotion, but in daily life, just being with, with yourself every morning, every evening, even during the day in the most challenging situations is gold mm. because then you can really uh, give yourself the chance to really go to your equilibrium and stay in a moment when, or, and stay in the place when you just feel that I wouldn't say even you're in control, but you are really, I would say rational. I love uh, Stoics. Uh, you know that I love Stoics. Stoic philosophy and and I love Michael Marcus Aurelius mm -hmm. and he his book is on my in, next to my bed and I, every evening I read something I just do that just open some page and I'm just asking Marcus what do you want to tell me today and I just something <laughs> you you want to give me some Hit advice me with it Marcus <laughs> yeah <laughs> just tell me something you know I need you you know <laughs> and, and 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 Marcus always always I mean say something really profound and always something really um, um, which is bringing me to my wisdom, I would say, or rational mind. Mm. So what I mean by that is always come to the point when you just feel that you're seeing things objectively. And this is mindfulness. This is exactly mm. mindfulness, you know? Mm -hmm. And there is no person in the world who if used this skill in the moment, really use the skill would, would be uh, taken away by the, the emotions, right? Yeah. So with, I, maybe it was a little bit longer explanation, but that's what I wanted to share with people because 
because to just to explain that this thing is, is gold and the failure i have i had many failures with that i mean uh going so with, just uh, before you go into your failure yeah. just I, yeah. I thought that you know that description of mindfulness is so powerful because it, it helps you move from a place let's just take anger i'll just yeah. use that as a as an emotion i'm angry is very different to i notice yep. that i'm feeling angry right now all of a sudden you know i'm angry is i'm i'm in that state there's nothing i can do about it my stakeholders have made me angry my team have made me you know all of that i'm not in control versus i notice that i'm feeling anger right now more objective and I am in control because I'm noticing that anger. I can also make some different choices. So I think it's powerful that you've just said, yeah, just noticing those emotions, being able to stay with it helps you to be so much more objective. But yeah, thank you. And then, yeah, I'll let you You're go. welcome. I mean, uh, definitely that is true. And uh, people, just to add on that, people can see sometimes that is very, oh, that's not a big difference. No, it's a difference in the world. Mm. The biggest difference in the world. You know that I guess that this uh, scientific studies and psychology they say that just naming the emotion mm. mm-hmm. and ju- just naming it, nothing else, just naming the emotion just diminishes 50% the power of the emotion. And can you imagine not only notice it, but just, just um, find it in your body? Second step. Mm-hmm. So you notice I'm angry, but it's here, for example, in my heart, in my chest, whatever. Yeah. Um, and they just stay with that mindfully. Mm. It, it's a simple tool that if people can learn doing that, just that, I'm sure that 90% of the fights, I'm talking not only physical, but mainly emotional and you know, fights in the world will, will go down because, because you don't have the emotion, you don't need to react to it. You just stay with that. You 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 went to, you are going to your rational brain, your new cortex, you could, you could say, and then you can really resolve the thing normal normal way. When you talk about anger, there are many other emotions you sure. can talk about, yeah, but yeah. specifically yeah. anger, because it's very often anger is and resentment. They're they're common for leadership and work Indeed. environment and stuff. Yeah. So uh, so normally in my life I could work with anger. Uh, I had this. Uh, one of the biggest failures, I would say, when it comes, and it's a great because I was a leader. Uh, when I was 23 years old, I was working in an organization in Bulgaria. I was a um, sales manager or chief operation officer, both functioned together. And uh, one of the biggest failures was, uh, it was, I see it as a failure, it's a learning. I, I have this idea that there is no failure, but it's, it's <laughs> learning in general. Uh, but let's say failure for, yeah for the sake of the question but uh it was that i couldn't handle my communication with my boss uh, because he was did it and um, mainly with my boss and some of my people my employees and i had to resign because i was i had a breakdown out of that and the reason for that was that i couldn't work with the anger i couldn't work with the resentment i couldn't work with the having conflict with, with, with the people around me being absolutely blunt and sharing what I thought. And the reason for that was, the biggest reason was because I couldn't handle the emotion in me. Mm-hmm. So I either would go to some, which was not very often, but some fight, like uh, with my boss, or I didn't say anything. 
I was just just putting it aside. And I thought after the day, everything is okay because I didn't feel it. But then the next day came oh. again, came again, build up, and I couldn't say more there. So um, it was, and I couldn't actually communicate with my employees and I couldn't give them the compassion, the care, the empathy I, 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 I had to do. I had to give because I think one of the biggest role, the biggest role actually of the leader is to be like this with the employees because it gives the space for them mm. to be who I am. And I couldn't give it to the extent I wanted because I was angry and, and inside based on, because I couldn't handle the emotion. Sure. So uh, the learning I had was that, uh, that what we talk about here, mental resilience, that uh, if, when I learned how to work with the emotions, and don't get me wrong, I still have moments, everyone, I guess, gets these moments when you can't handle fully the emotions and I need to need a little bit more time. But now it's different. I had a situation several days ago when a person literally cut me uh, with a very, not brutal, but very bad words. And I was like, for, for seconds, I was like super angry. I got even furious inside, but I could handle it for, for five minutes. And a person next to me said, okay, you were really not in a good place, but how could you go for five minutes to the other one when you were smiling again? Everything was okay. You could even speak to the person. Mm, wow. And that's a mental resilience in action. Sure. That's what you can do. Because before I could stay days, not to say even mm -hmm. months in this, mm -hmm. in this emotion. Mm -hmm. And learning this skill is gold for that. Oh, that that's, I love that. <laughs> that, that is <laughs> mental resilience in action. It is, you are affected you're impacted by this and internally there are thoughts and emotions and getting yourself back into a more purposeful more resourceful state you know that is is resilience and can you what did you do internally then in that five minutes to get yourself back into that resourceful state is a short answer is um Compassion, self-compassion, mm. uh, and actually mindful self-compassion. Yeah, mm -hmm. that's it. That is, I got mindful on the emotion. I knew that I got that. But then when I got mindful, I could give myself the compassion I needed because what I needed at that moment was compassion and understanding. I needed something, the person cut me out. So mm -hmm. I needed, I had some need which was not fulfilled. So I could fulfill this need by using this compassion with myself with the tools I learned and I, oh. I'm using in my life. And then actually I went to a place of compassion to the other person because I knew that this person is in pain right now. And it's not me, but the other person actually had something. It was, it, she just burst out at me, but that was not me the reason for that mm -hmm. at all. Mm -hmm. And I got compassionate for her for that she's not in a good place right now and she's suffering. And when you go to the place of, that you got compassionate with others, you can't be angry. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Well, thank you for sharing that. Thank yeah, you yeah. for sharing that. And thank you for just bringing to life in a very clear way that 
it's what's going on on the inside. It's the stories we start telling ourselves, our ability to reframe a situation, our ability to have that compassion towards ourselves. Notice, what is it I need right now? How can I give that to myself? What is it this other person could need? So all of a sudden, you know, in five minutes, you're asking yourself different questions. You're looking at it differently. And you're able to get to a place of seeing yourself and seeing this other person in a different way that allows you to bring the best of yourself to that moment all internal it was yeah. all about what was going on on the inside fantastic i didn't, I didn't say a word yet i didn't say a word <laughs> oh yeah right that's amazing you didn't have to it's incredible incredible um I, I, I want to start wrapping up and here's a, a question for you. Just uh, over the years, just my own experiences, my own challenges, uh, people that I have coached and trained, I, I've discovered what for me has become an incredible truth that, that when life squeezes you and the pressure mm -hmm. is on, like it did for you in that situation, what you are like on the inside will come out mm. right yep. and just so from your own experience how would you say leaders can make sure that what they're like on the inside helps them be as resilient as possible how what what's your advice for the work they need to do to make sure that in those moments that they're squeezed that they're able to unleash the best in themselves great question for, for, for the final question i mean thank you man uh, so first of all I believe, so totally believe that deep inside of us, we are only love. There is nothing else there. But the problem is that life, we create these models and defense mechanisms to survive so that we create, we just have these walls to find the love, which we have already inside. Mm. And in order to go there, we were taught from our society that we need the love from outside or we need the acceptance, the approval, the appreciation so that we can open the doors. Mm -hmm. And this is in my chapter, actually, in the book, uh, Missionary Male Leaders, I talk about self-love. So if the, the short answer, again, is to create the habit of self-love so that you can open the doors yourself. Mm. And a little bit longer, it won't be long, uh, I assure you. <laughs> it's, uh, there, there, <laughs> there, there are several components which people can work. And based on my work uh, on myself and with other people, I believe that they inspire the habit of self-love so that you can open the doors and you can have, if you, someone's doing something which is only love, what is going to come out? Love, right? It won't be something else. And, uh, and, yeah. and, and, and this is, uh, and for people who are very practical, again, I'm not talking about a fairy tale love, which, you know, you love everything is pink, everything. No, you can approach everything with love because love is a force. And the main goal of love is um, that we are one and we have the common purpose to develop and grow as a society. Mm. We are here 
to help each other really get out of this beautiful potential every one of us has. That is what I mean about when so, I talk about love. Yeah, yeah. And uh, the habits, I'm going to come back there. First habit is learning to meet suffering with compassion. Mm. Because love. that is awakening love. Second habit is to learn to appreciate yourself. Learning to appreciate yourself creates a great shift. And the shift is coming from the, because normally we have negative bias, the society. Yeah. Because we, we could survive by this bias and it was great for a time being. But now we are living in an era which is different. So learning to appreciate yourself creates a positive bias towards yourself and others, mm. which inspires again love, inspires creativity, inspires development. And one of the most important things, inspired, inspired self-worth, mm. which is the single thing I think people lack. Even people who say I'm super confident, very often they are not. Uh, and this inspires natural self-worth. And the natural and foundational self-worth is the big, uh, one of the biggest peers for love. Just, I'm not going to go in a lot in depth with that, but that, that, is, that is the thing which, is, which I believe. So self-compassion, self-appreciation, and of course, not, I said uh, something about it before, mindfulness. Mm -hmm. Mindfulness. So learning to be mindful with what is happening right now. So mindfulness, being mindful in the right now with what is happening inside and outside, learning to meet suffering with compassion and learning the habit of self-appreciation, which is going to help you to create a positive bias in your life towards yourself and others. If you do that, I'm 1,000% sure that there will be no person in the world who's not going to be happy, satisfied, and connected. And if you are that, tell me what more do you want? Brilliant. Thank you, Demi. I can't imagine that any of the leaders listening wouldn't want that. And yes, it takes focus and intentionality, but just to really take to heart these incredible tips, just focusing on that self-love, knowing that the things that we do, the difference that we make as leaders, the way that we show up, we don't need to show up in order to get worth, in order to get significance, but we no. can show up recognizing we already have that worth and that significance. And being able to meet suffering with compassion and see actually what's going on here and how can I show a, a compassion rather than specifically respond to or, or even react to the suffering and appreciating oneself, appreciating what you bring, who you are, remember what you were like as, as a kid and your, your, your cute self, right? You know, coming back uh, to that, that would help you when life is squeezing you, when the pressure is on, that what's coming out from you is that incredible sense of groundedness as a leader, a sense of worth, a sense of significance, 
that helps you lead in a way that really is powerful and purposeful. So thank you so much, Dimi. Uh, been great having you on the show. To all our listeners and viewers, I hope you enjoyed that. We'll put contact details for Dimi in the show notes so you can reach out to him, read the Visionary Male Leaders book, read his chapter. And remember that if you want to be a purposeful, courageous, and resilient leader, it starts from the inside out. Dimi, thanks again for coming on the show. Thank you. Um, and have a great day, everyone, and have see you day. on the next show. <laughs>